Hey, what's going on? It's Stokely from South Sunder Lane. Seems like the microphone on this phone works better. I just changed it from a 32 gigabyte um, iPhone to a um, 128 gigabyte. Bought it on Mercari. Uh, whoever owned it, the guy who I got it from, he said it wasn't working and had a little crack on the screen. But all I had to do was um, update the operating system. The operating system had some kind of issue with it where it would not go past um, anyhow, whatever. So all I had to do was um, install the new operating system and it, and, it, and it worked. So, you know, I only paid like $30, $30 for it. So anyhow, I had an epiphany, but I totally forgot what it was. But, you know, <laughs> social clout, social approval, I'm always talking about that. That's why it's important the company you keep because hanging around with them, you're going to seek their social approval because you want to keep bonding with them. Also, they're going to guilt trip you. They're going to manipulate you. And depending on what kind of energy they're working with, they're going to lead you down a certain kind of path. You know what I mean? So um, it's very important the company you keep. You know, and like they say, not all skin folk is kin folk. So even your blood family members aren't necessarily the the best people for you to associate with. You might need to separate yourself from them. You know, um, especially if you have like a generational, uh, what they, you know, what we say in the black community, generational curse. But it's really just a lack of planning, a lack of family planning, a lack of um, educational planning. And, you know, I'm not saying that I plan at all, but just a lack of planning. Um, unplanned reproductions, unaffordable reproductions, you know, um, drug addiction, um, incarceration. These things are economic draws on a family's upward mobility. Um, you know, unless you've already established. Like Jared Kushner's father had to do some time in prison, but it didn't make Jared Kushner any poorer. He had already set up his children in a position to win. His corporation still lived on. Um, you know, uh, who else? You know, a lot, a lot of wealthy people have served time in prison, still maintain their wealth. A lot of wealthy people have um, been drug addicted, but they set themselves up because they have a system and a plan on how to get out of the situation. Not necessarily how to get out of the situation, but how to maintain their assets, you know, how to sustain their assets. Or they have a network of people who know how to sustain their assets. Now, unfortunately, if you associate with people who um, are dysfunctional, um, toxic, um, you know, just as impoverished in knowledge as you are, or worse, they can't really impart anything to you. They can't really help you. They can't um, assist you. They can't um, teach you anything. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty tragic. You know, the um, I was saying, um, and I don't, I don't think I published it, but I was saying that you know, when you think about it, rap music. It just teaches you everything wrong. 
teach you to be hyper-masculine, hyper-violent in a way that's going to just put you inside the legal system or get you injured um, or get you addicted or get you into some kind of, you know, uh, STD or some kind of unplanned reproduction. You know, it's just, it's just going to, um, it's not a good teacher. It's not helping the youth. I was just looking at some statistics upon regarding um, high school pregnancies, right? So in New York City, um, well, New York City has some white enclaves. It's not just black people living in New York City. But um, like Glendale and um, Riverdale and um, Bellrose and... Um, Howard Beach and um, Bay Ridge and all the areas around Bay Ridge down in the southern part down there. And then you have some areas that have uh, Asian community like Chinatown in Manhattan, like Flushing, Queens, um, and Sunset Park in Brooklyn. Um, New York is a very segregated area. Anyhow, irrespective of that, the statistics showed, okay, so the, 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 the New York City created a program called something like, um, I forgot what it's called. It's called like accessible health centers where they're basically uh, giving, giving the high school students condoms, giving them um, birth control and, and, and providing them with uh, STD testing and, 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 um, and sexual education and stuff like that. So now the goal of these um, school health centers or whatever they call them, is to lower the amount of um, unwanted reproductions. Now, it's been shown that um, these unwanted reproductions cause these young ladies not to finish school on time. It delays their education. Um, it's delays the, the completion of their high school education. It basically hinders their life going forward regarding their education. Um, and your education is tied to your income. So overall, you know, of course, their lifetime income is going to be limited. And it puts them at risk not only for just poverty, but it puts them at risk for heart disease. It puts them at risk for cancer. It's, it's so many more ramifications of, of, a, um, of poverty, a.k.a. or, or poverty, uh, I would say, unwanted, unplanned reproduction induced poverty because if they didn't have that child they would be finishing school on time they maybe have a more prob probability to go to college etc. So not only that it's generational because now 7 out of 10 children born to an unwed mother live in poverty so you can basically say that I mean, if we're saying that they only have one child, which is probably not the case, but if we're going to assume that they only have one child, that means seven out of ten of those girls who have a child in high school, well, they, they, it's, not, it's a little more than high school because they said from 15 to 19. So seven out of ten of those girls are going to be in poverty. Okay? So based on the statistic, though, um, there are, what is it? I don't want to say the wrong number. I don't want to say the wrong number. 
Yeah, so the statistic is something to the effect of there are about 3,000, close to 4,000 births to young girls between 15 and 19 in New York City high schools. They're in high school. They're still in high school, yes. And um, and there are about 8,000 abortions, right? No, no, no. The number added... The number, I'm thinking the total number added up to about 21,000. Was I, am I wrong? So it was about 7,000 births and, um, and about 13,000 and change or 8,000 births and 13,000 abortions. Yeah, that's what it was. 8,000 8, 8, births and 13,000 abortions among black and Hispanic. Black and Hispanic. That's why I mentioned the whole race thing. The reason why I mentioned the whole race thing is because the report specifically mentioned that the primary demographics that are having these unwanted reproductions are Black and Hispanic, which I am a member of the Black race, caste, socioeconomic um creed whatever you want to call it so this is something that is personal to me and i've seen it manifested in in real life in people's lives where it limits them it limits their education limits their mobility um they end up having to put pressure on their parents now because they're still a child so it puts an economic draw on their parent also now i'm not gonna get too political i'm gonna just leave it I'm going to leave it kind of a little open. I'm not going to really say much more um, regarding my feelings, regarding um, how I feel about all of that. Um, I'm just relaying, I'm just trying to relay the statistics as, as, as crass as possible. So how did I even get to this point? But anyhow, so, oh, I started talking about rap music. So when you talk about rap music, you talk about blacks and Hispanics now, who are the victims of rap music because they directly live, relate to, and connect to what these rappers are talking about and emulate it. Now, the children in the Sunset Parks and the Bay Ridges and the Riverdales and the Glendale, these these white and Asian uh, communities who are the higher income, you know, more successful races in New York City, they still listen to that trash music. They still listen to it, but they don't relate to it on a on a real level to where they want to emulate it because they know better the few that you do encounter that do want to emulate these rappers and whatever they're pretty much um, the black sheep fringe um, maybe developmentally challenged because they don't understand apparently based on the path that their parents have laid out to them they're not making the logical connection that, listen, you're not going to make it as a drug dealer. You're not going to make it as a criminal, a robber. You're not going to make it as a, I don't know, a stripper. You're not going to make, no, that's not how it works. If you want to have a sustainable, healthy, um, and a upwardly mobile, or at least sustain what your parents have laid down for you, these are the paths you need to take. No unplanned reproductions. Get a, a skill that you can trade on, that you can make some money, 
And that's it. Stay off of drugs and alcohol. And that's it. Not saying that. Um, not saying that whites and Asians don't use drugs. Everybody uses drugs. I don't think the Asian community uses drugs as much, but probably black folks and white folks probably use drugs or on the same amount of level. And um, not saying they don't use drugs, but when you have more money, when you have better uh, healthcare, access to therapy, and a willingness and an ability to use a therapist, and the openness to use a therapist, and an openness to want to uh, not just accept your station and, and move out of that situation, then yeah, you have a more propensity to heal from that rather than saying, yo, this is just how I am, man. I'm just like this. You know, I'm from the hood. You, you can take me out the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the homeboy. That's what, that's what uh, Ice Cube said. Now, Ice Cube has much way, has evolved past his rapper um, life. Ice Cube was never poor. And he grew up in a middle-class family that knew better. Um, he's very, he's massively successful. He has his own production company that makes over a billion that brings in an over a billion dollars in revenue. So um, he's not a billionaire, but his company brings in over a billion dollars uh, secretly. You know, nobody really pays attention to it. But anyhow, what am I saying? What am I saying? What I'm saying is that people need the teachings. People need the words. People need the word. You know, I mean, the people from religion, they're just going to tell you, listen, don't fornicate before marriage or God is going to kill you. It doesn't work like that. What's going to happen is that people want to fornicate either way. They're going to sneak and fornicate. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. They're going to fornicate. And they're going to say, wait a minute, I didn't die. So let me just keep doing that. So rather than telling them, listen, it's not that you're going to go to hell right now. Maybe maybe there's a hell, but I don't know. It's not that you're going to go to hell right now, but your life is going to be a living hell. Because you're not going to have the financial wherewithal to take care of yourself. You're not going to have the financial wherewithal to take care of your kids. You're going to put a financial pressure on your parents. Your relationship with whoever that person that you reproduce with is going to degrade and dissolve and be destroyed. And hopefully no domestic violence happens. Hopefully. Hopefully you don't have postpartum depression and, and lose your mind due to the hormones. You know, hopefully you don't catch an STD, but guess what? All of those things will make your life a living hell. The STD will make your life a living hell. The domestic violence will make your life a living hell. The toxic relationship with the child's parents is going to make your life a living hell. So and so and so and so and so forth. Your, your economic your inability to move from your economic station because you don't have an education or skills is going to make your life a living hell. So you might not go to hell with the flames and the guy with the pointy tail and a fork sticking in your ass, but every day is going to be, you know, it's going to be a struggle. And it's not saying that you won't overcome. Many people have overcome. You know, 
It's not saying that you won't overcome because maybe you have a good family system. Maybe you have everything else going for you that will make it possible for you to make it. Like back in the old days, what the woman would do, they would have the baby, they would give the baby to the orphanage, which is still hell because now you're saying, I gave up my baby. My baby is somewhere growing up and I don't even know. But hey man, people make some, people make some, people gotta make some real hard decisions in life sometimes. And I'm, you know, I, they're strong. They're so strong. I don't know, you know what I mean? People might look at it and say that's mean and that's wrong. Yeah, you, you could, yeah, we could definitely say that. We could say that. But they made a hard decision. They didn't, it wasn't easy for them to do what they did. But it was easier for them to fornicate because there's a there's a desire there. There's a vacuum there. You're born with this vacuum created inside of you. So they um they had to make that decision to give up their baby. They went on to marry and have a stable relationship and have a whole family. And hide the baby for that they had from their whole family and nobody knows. And then later on, somebody goes on Ancestry.com and finds them and shows up at the doorstep and, hey, listen, I'm your son. <laughs> you know, it's real life, real life. So, but nowadays, you know, there's multiple options to that. There's multiple preventative measures to that. Uh, there's still, you know, there's still a foster care system. Black people, we're only 12% of the population, but something close to 40% of the kids in foster care are black. So we're representing almost four times our population. So listen, when I talk about race, it is political, but for the most part, I'm not really concerned with what other races are doing. Now, why am I concerned with race? Because I belong to the group. And whenever you see the group, you see me. Whenever you hear about the group and you look at me, you think about the group. When you look at me, you think about the statistics and numbers. What they say, Little Wayne says, "Men lie, women lie, numbers don't." The numbers are there. We're four times represent, four times, four hundred times, four hundred percent, four hundred percent represented in the number of kids in foster care, and we're only twelve percent of the population. Similar statistics for early terminations. We use almost 300% per capita representation. We're 12% of the population, 36% of the early terminations. I'm not talking about self-deletion. I'm talking about early termination of a child. So we have a lot of issues. And a lot of these stem from generational bad decisions. You know, it's like a relay race. If the first person in the relay race messes up on their heat or whatever they call it, messes up on their stretch, messes up on their leg. Yeah, leg. I think they call it a leg. When you when you when you run the, when you run with the baton and you do your leg or whatever they call it, you gotta do yours good to set up the next person so that they don't have to do it so hard. If you do a good leg, if you got Usain Bolt running for you on the first part, then, you know, you can work, but you ain't got to work so hard. 
But if you got the girl from Somalia where her auntie put her on the Olympic team when she never ran a day in her life and she came dead last like a good minute before after the other group, if they give her the baton and she ran the first part from you, the only way you're going to win is if you're Usain Bolt when, when she hands it off. The only way you're going to win is if Usain Bolt hands it off. So now your children going to have to work harder. If you don't put them in a position to win, they're going to have to work harder. If you don't put your own self in a position to win, right? So it's a relay race. Your family is like a relay race. And I'm, you know, I'm somewhat hypocritical. I'm not necessarily speaking from a position of success or position of wisdom. Um, but you're going to have to work harder to catch it up. They pass you the baton. You do your darndest to make sure that when you pass it to the next when you pass the baton to the next one, um, they have a they have a good race, and they're not trying to delete themselves, self-medicate, use steroids. I'm speaking figuratively to be able to catch up, to to make it work, to to even to even place, to even place in this gold, silver, or bronze. You got to put people in a position to win. And that's all you can really do. Because people don't want to, some people don't want to work. Some people don't want to do the work. So anyhow, I'm about to, some people don't want to work. Some people don't want to do the work. You do what you can do and let them, put them in a position to win. Tell them how to win. Put them into the position to win. Tell them how to win. And let them do it. You can't really motivate people sometimes. You can incentivize or punitive. You can use pain or you can use incentives. So you can manipulate them to try to win, to try to learn them, teach them how to win. Like giving your kids an allowance or taking it away, giving them chores so that they learn how to put them into position so they know how to take care of themselves. Give them, you know, a gift only as a response to them producing, you know, a merit-based system. Now, as we can see in America, we've been reducing them removing the merit-based system and we've um, kind of regressed back into social promotion. Like, they got rid of social promotion because just moving people along in high school didn't guarantee them an education. They're graduating high school and they don't know how to read. Anyhow, I've gotten participation trophies before and I, I really, I, I, I never forgot it because it didn't, it didn't seem valid to me. Um, I got a trophy once I used to go to Big Apple, which is the thing that they used to have during the summers for the little poor kids to go and stay active and stay out of trouble. So they gave me a they gave me a, a, a medal just for showing up every day, just having perfect attendance, which is important. Showing up every day is very important. Yes. So they gave me they just gave me a participation trophy. Well, you know what? Not really. That's 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 still merit based because. It was as a result of me showing up, even though I didn't know how to play baseball, even though I didn't know how to play softball, even though I didn't know how to play basketball. I showed up every day and I tried. So they gave me a, <laughs> they gave me a trophy for trying and showing up every day. Anyhow, man, but hey, I'm going off on tangents. The rappers are not teaching us how to help ourselves. They're making us feel empowered by talking about hypermasculine stuff 
And of course, we feel emasculated, disempowered. We feel weak. We feel like, uh, you know, our parents are not listening. We feel like the world is not listening. We feel like the people who we want to hang out with and cool with and whatever. We, we, we're envying the wicked. We see wicked people doing things and they're, they're happy and they're dancing and they're popping champagne. And we feel jealous about it. And we want to feel empowered. And we listen to these rappers that put these adversarial and fratricidal ideas in our head. These misogynistic ideas in our head. And it results in many ills. There's people going to jail for robbing. There's people going to jail for selling drugs. There's people just getting in trouble for just skipping out of school or whatever. There's people getting, uh, you know, just, just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's people joining gangs because gang activity is seen as cool. There's people getting killed. There's people doing killings. So, you know, it's not just rap music. It's the media overall. But I'm talking about my people and what we're going through and how we're not helping ourselves by not putting each other in a position to win with our words. Oh, so God, I hope my words were edifying and not too disgusting. Thank you for everything. I was just thinking today, you know what? Thank God I don't even have a flat tire. Thank God my car's still running. Thank God for everything. Anyhow, yo, thanks for listening. Bye.